Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. Um, it's a real honour. Um, there's so many people I recognise around here that I feel at home. Mind you, that's dangerous, but I uh, might take my shoes off in a minute. But I, um, so it's a great privilege and honour to be here. I bring the greetings of Swansea to you. Many of you will know Mike and Liz, and they send their love and greetings to you. Um, I do believe I have the word of God for you. I was saying to David in the car that um, I, I believe it's a corporate word as well as, a, uh, as an individual word. And I believe God wants to open your eyes this morning. We're going to talk about the title, I think. If you see it, it's yours. If you see it, it's yours. And uh, I believe this, that God's got some great things for you as a church. And to enter into them as a church, it's important to see it as a church. So it's a corporate seeing as well as a personal seeing. So So if you've got your Bibles, uh, there's a great story here we're going to read. I like the Old Testament stories. I love them. Um, We're going to look at Genesis 13. If you um, go to your Bibles, we're going to look at Genesis 13. It's about two people who looked. Genesis 13, verse 1. So Abraham went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abraham became, become, had become very wealth, wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, He went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. Then Abram called on the name of the Lord. It's a good thing to do, isn't it? Now Lot, who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together, and quarreling arose between Abraham's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east, The two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south East and west, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. So Abraham moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron where he built an altar to the Lord. I, I, was, um, 
I was at a, at a wedding. I was at my um, niece, niece's wedding a few weeks ago. It's only about four weeks ago. And um, it was my niece's wedding, but I had another niece sitting next to me. And um, she's quite a character. Her name's Grace. And, and uh, whenever she's there, she likes me to tell her a joke. See, so this isn't an excuse to tell a joke, but I'm telling you a joke now. Because she said, oh, tell, tell me a joke, Mix. I said, oh, I'll tell you a joke. Um, there's a reason to this. This is a very non-political joke. I'm sorry. Are there any Irish here? It's, it's, if there is, I, I beg your pardon. I love the Irish. Please, will you forgive me? Don't take me to court over this, please. But it was an Englishman, Scotsman, a Welshman, an Irishman sitting in the pub having a drink. And the Englishman said, this is the joke I told him. The, the Englishman said, you know, he said, my son was born on St. George's Day, and we called him George. And the Scotsman said, that is incredible, he said. I, I can't believe it. He said, my son was born on St. Andrew's Day, and we called him Andrew. And the Welshman said, oh, there you are. It's lovely for you, isn't it? <laughs> no, he didn't just say it. He said, he said uh, I live in Wales, you see. I get used to this Welsh lingo. Um, but he said, um, oh, he said, that is amazing. He said, um, my son was born on St. David's Day, and we called him David. So the Irishman, the Irishman said, wow, that's incredible, he said. Wait till I get back home and tell my son Pancake. Now, my niece laughed. My niece laughed. But it, it, was, it was a laugh because everybody else was laughing. And, and then just a few minutes later, she said, Oh, oh, she said, he was born on Pancake's Day, was he? So, so I said, yes, Grace, yes. Um, you see, uh, up to then, she was out of the joke. She laughed, but it was only when she saw it, the joke became hers. Is that right? Now, I, I want to tell you, God has an incredible inheritance for you. It's, not, it's a magnificent inheritance. You, you can be told about it. You can be told about it week after week. You can even speak it yourself. Repeat what's been said to you. But unless you see it, in other words, God has to anoint your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to see the truth. And when you see it, it's yours. And so that, that's, what, that's what I really want to talk about. You see, um, seeing affects what you do. Um, both Abraham and Lot looked, and their actions were determined in what they saw. In, in fact, Lot looked up and pitched his tent near Sodom. Abraham looked and pitched his tent in the purposes and inheritance of God. So, um, you, you know, when you see something, it really affects you. Um, I, I do tend to tell stories about my family, but um, forgive me for that. But when, when my son was young, uh, he, uh, we, went on, we took him on Cubs, Cubs camp. Uh, it was for a, a long weekend. And, and, and Leslie, if you, you know Leslie, this is, this is Leslie all over. Um, I, in the suitcase, it was Friday night, Saturday, all marked clothes, what he had to do on different days. It was all marked there. Um, so we, we, we dropped him off. When we went to pick him up, um, we thought, it's funny, he's wearing the same clothes as we dropped him off in. <laughs> the suitcase was virtually untouched. The, uh, I don't think the, soup, uh, the, the, the soap bag had been touched. or we. In fact, there was five of them in the tent. When I put my head in the tent, it nearly knocked me out. Now, years later, years later, Suddenly, I couldn't get in the bathroom. There's deodorants, aftershaves. What caused this incredible change? <laughs> he saw girls. That's, I, now, listen to me. I didn't, I didn't have to start telling him. He did it automatically. It's what he saw. You see, folks... Uh, we've been singing this morning, 
When you see Jesus, truly see Jesus, you won't need preachers coming in here to tell you to clean your life up. It's when you see Jesus and have an encounter with him, you will change. So we're going to look at two men. One saw the world. The other saw his inheritance. And and I believe we have something to learn from it. Um, In in this scripture, uh, let let me say this. It says, lift up your eyes. This is the scripture I really want to communicate to you. It says, this is to you as a church, as well as individuals. Lift up your eyes from where you are. And look, north and south, east and west, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. If you want to communicate truth, you can only communicate what you see. You can communicate second-hand truth. Well, you can't. That's the problem. You can't really communicate second-hand truth. You have to see it. Once you see it, you can communicate it. It says says in Deuteronomy 29, it says this. Hidden things belong to God, but things revealed belong to you and your children forever. That's your offspring, whether it's your natural offspring or your spiritual offspring. Once you see the truth and enter into your inheritance, you can communicate it. Do you understand? You can communicate it. This, this passage is about two men. Both looked up and saw differently. Um, now, in order to understand um, the, their choices, I just want to give you a little bit of a backdrop to the actual story. You see, Ab- um, Abraham left uh, Babylonia. It was really Babylonia when he left, um, which is a picture of the world. And he, he, le- he left with his father. And they, they settled. They, never, they, they, they were going to Canaan, but they never actually arrived. They, they got to Haran, which is right on the edge. Fascinating, isn't it? There's many Christians that leave the world but settle just a foot on both sides. Very, very painful. I, I lived my life a bit like that for a while. Uh, a little bit of foot in the world, a little bit of foot in the... It's, it's, it's a horrible existence. You can't enjoy the world because you feel totally guilty about it. And you can't enjoy God because you feel you're not committed. It's a horrible place. So they, they stayed there. But when, when his father died, they left for Canaan. Um, Abraham and Lot left for Canaan. They, they actually left the world and they went to Canaan. But when they got to Canaan, there was a famine there. And uh, big mistake, really. They, they, they decided to go to Egypt, which is another picture of the world. You, you see, you can leave the world, but the world can still be there around. Is that true? Right. Yep. And, and they turned to Egypt. They went to Egypt and they got in an awful mess there. They got in, in fact, they cause sickness. They cause sickness because, because of their disobedience. Hold of Pharaoh's household got sick and everything. And in the end, they got kicked out of Egypt. They got kicked out. I, I believe there Abraham learned his lesson. But Lot still had a bit of the world in them. And then they went to Canaan. This is where they got, uh, they grew, they'd come out of Egypt. Abraham actually built an altar there. We'll talk about that in a minute. And this is where they've come to. And I want to, I just want to look at Lot, first of all. Because um, he did a fast, there's two things. Uh, This is something I I know God's done in my heart. I'm sharing you what God has actually done in my heart. Sometimes he has to deal with your physical sight to deal with your spiritual sight. And... uh, Lot, Lot looked up, and I, I, I believe he saw two things. He saw the bright lights of Sodom. In fact, you can be saved out of the world, 
but still have an eye for the world. the, The truth is, you will always go where you're looking. I learned that. I went, I went on a drive. I remember the first time I went driving lesson. I, I went on a driving lesson. And um, my parents brought me up very well. I'd never driven before. I'd never, my parents didn't have a car. Uh, but they taught me always to look at the person you're talking to, you see. Well, when I got in the car, um, the, the driving instructor, I gave him a few wobblies because I kept looking at him when he was talking and he had to keep correcting me. This was my first lesson. You go where you're looking. And, and, and the truth is, folks, you have to be careful where you are looking. If, if you want to see Christ and the inheritance he's got for you, you have to guard where you're looking because you can be freed for the world and the world can have its grip. Now, um, what Lot did, he said this, he, it says, he pitched his tent near Sodom. He didn't go into Sodom. He pitched his tent near Sodom. When Abraham actually, when he was rescued by the angels, where was his house? He wasn't living in a tent. He was living in a house in Sodom. And the the truth is this, is where you look is where your heart will end up. It's, It's a crucial thing. It's a crucial thing that God deals with our eyes. And I I just want to say this. um, Be careful what you look at and what you read. God, one of the the magnificent things, I've been studying the whole issue of being ransomed. When Christ died for you, he ransomed you. He, he, what it is, he, he paid the price for you to be free. But, but what is the result of where he bought you? What happens when he ransomed you? He bought you. You are not your own. Suddenly, all of you belongs to God, including your eyes, including your mouth. And, and God has spoken to me very clearly. Um, I've, I've changed what I look at. I, I believe if you want to see Christ and his inheritance, be ruthless in how you look. It's, it's amazing. When Jesus was speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he said this. Um, he, he said some very ruthless things. He said, if, if your eyes offend you, pluck them out. Now, of course, um, it doesn't you know that. It doesn't mean that, literally. What it means is deal ruthlessly in what you look at because it can affect your life and your future. Do you know, I, the, I'm, I'm telling the truth. I watch, I, I'm very careful what TV I watch now. Even when I read the paper and the, the, the reports I read, I am ruthless with simply for this. I want to see my inheritance in Christ. And, and I, I tell you, uh, if, if, you, if you're not guarding your eyes, you will find your life drifting there. That's what I'm saying. I'm just dealing with the negatives first. It's important, folks. It's really important that, that we learn how to see properly. But then, Lot... What fascinates me is, is, is he says, um, Lot looked up and saw the Jordan Valley and compared it to Egypt. Um, what is fascinating is, is this. I, 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 I never get shocked by how deceitful our hearts can be. Because Lot, Lot said this. He said, listen, listen what he said. He said, Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord. The guy was looking at Sodom. There's no question about it. He had his eyes for the Lord. And he said, oh, it's, it's, it's like the garden of the Lord. Amazing, isn't it? How deceitful. 
um, Satan can be, that he even spiritualizes his sin. Amazing. But the, the thing that really touched me is he, he says, Lot looked up and chose for himself. He couldn't look further than what would benefit him. And folks, it's, it's, it's fascinating that when Job prayed for his friends, when he looked out of himself, that God blessed him. And, and I believe this, folks. Um, don't make choices just for yourself. Because that is part of the world. Look for what would benefit other people. There's nothing wrong with goals. But let God give them. I, I, fascinated when... Um, this is... When Joshua was on the edge of his inheritance, he was, um, it's, 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 there, were, there was a sort of a valley that goes into his inheritance, mountains on both sides. Jericho was one end, Ai was the other. If he took those cities, he would go into his whole inheritance. And at Jericho, he met the angel of the Lord. It was Jesus, I think. Anyway, he met, he met the Lord of hosts. And, and uh, Joshua said to him, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And his reply was, you know it, don't you? Neither. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want that answer, would you? I'd say, Mick, I'm for you. But he didn't say, he didn't say, that he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not on your side and I'm not on your enemy's side. And I, I, I just wondered what was going on there. Something profound was going on in Joshua's heart. Something had to change. And it was this. It wasn't whether God was on his side. He had to decide he was on God's side. That was the issue. Once you decide that, something changes inside you. Suddenly, once you decide it's not about whether God's going to bless me, it's whether I'm on God's side. When that happens, self comes off the throne. No longer do you make a choice for yourself. That was Lot's problem. That's why he saw wrongly. And uh, I, I simply say this to you. If you let God deal with your eyesight and you let him take the throne, you will begin to see and enter into all that you've got. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the inheritance that he has for you is boundless. There's no limit. There's no limit. But it's when you see it, you'll enjoy it. So I want to just look at Abraham. We're going to look at Abraham. I'm going to read these verses again. It says, The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. Listen to this. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. This is to you. So Abraham moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre, Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. I just wanted to say, Three things that Abraham saw that were the key to his inheritance. First of all, he says, when he he walked into Canaan, he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord. I believe this. He saw the Lord was his inheritance. I I, am... 
You know, when you, I, I, I'm just trying to be honest with you there. I, when, when the people of Israel had the, their allotment given to the different tribes, everybody got an inheritance except the Levites. And it said, the Levites, the Lord was their inheritance. And I, I, I've got to be honest, I used to read, I think, oh, poor old Levites. I, didn't, uh, I, I genuinely thought that. I thought, they got a bit of a raw deal. Everybody else got something. Levites just had the Lord. That's a terrible thing to say. I had a dream. I, when I had this, I had a dream. Um, this is absolutely true. I, got, I had this dream. And, and somebody had treated me to a really posh hotel. And this was in the dream. And I, I went into this. It was really, really, I don't normally get to really posh hotels. But anyway, I was in this posh hotel and I went up to my bedroom. And I opened the bedroom door and there was a big present on my bed. A bit like going to David and Deborah's. It was a bit like that, you know. It was a present on my bed when I got there. It's beautiful, isn't it? Anyway, there was a big present on my bed. There was a big parcel. I thought, whoa. This is wonderful. I opened it up, opened it up, and inside was Jesus. And I went, oh. It's true. It's what I did. This is in the dream. I went, oh. I, was, I thought I was going to get something really nice. So I'm, so I'm telling you, that, honestly. And then I woke up, and I, I suddenly looked. I suddenly began to see that I was looking at what Jesus could give me rather than him. Jesus is your inheritance. When you see he is your inheritance, you'll see it, you'll enter into it. It's it's difference between seeing that, that God can heal you and actually having an encounter with the healer. It's the difference between God providing you when you're hard up and seeing Jesus, the the Lord, the provider. That means, he, he, that means it isn't just on and off. You, have a, you know an encounter, the one. It's seeing him. What, what is more, Abraham built an altar. And I, I believe even then, Abraham saw the cross. I, he saw, I, do you know, over these, I've got to say, I, over these past few months, since God has touched what I look at, I'm just discovering truths fresh again. Isn't it brilliant? When you discover truths you've heard for years and suddenly they burst into life. And, and I've suddenly seen that at the cross, Christ paid the price. He paid the price for everything. He paid the price for your sickness He took your sickness upon you. He took your sins upon you. He paid the price. That means it's done. It's it's like, um, uh, uh, this is a story again. My daughter, my daughter has just got, I was was telling David, got a graduate scheme with PwC, uh, accounting. And, uh, as, as, you know, as you know, David, they work you very hard. But they do look after you. And um, so she gets put up in all these hotels I never get to. She's put up in these top hotels. And they give her... Um, she was just telling me... Um, she's only been doing it a little while. And they give her meal expenses for the evening. Um, so they go out for a meal. But they give them £40 for, for a meal in the evening. So she goes out with £40. I mean, this is what I dream of. I just, I'm just wondering if PwC can take me on. I just, I mean, it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Forty pound to spend just on yourself for a meal. Anyway, um, it must be. What is more, you go in and you just eat. You haven't got to pay because it's paid. Um, now, uh, yeah, if you knew my daughter, she. She uh, doesn't want to put the company out too much, so she just has a little meal and doesn't. And, and her colleagues are saying, "Have a starter, have a dessert. We'll have your, we'll have your starter. Spend the forty pound." She doesn't. She, uh, she just spends what she. But the truth is, 
The truth is, if the price has been paid, you take what you want. As long as you don't go over the 40 pound. (laughs) Some of them go over the 40 pound. I can't believe it. Some of them go over. (laughs) But anyway, that's beside the point. The, The truth is, the price has been paid. That means... You can, you can come and take what you want. And, and I'm telling you, folks, I am telling you, your inheritance is boundless. There's no 40-pound limit with God. He's paid the price. You just take. If your life is right with him, and he is your inheritance, it is yours. Oh, I, I just, is seeing it fresh. Christ has paid the price. Beautiful, isn't it? I tell you, folks, Richard, I love the way you live, worship. I I love your direction to the cross and to Christ. Let me tell you, we need to preach the cross. It's it's the cross that gives you your inheritance. Christ paid for it. Hallelujah! Through it, I, uh, let me read you. Uh, this, this is Paul. This is Paul arguing. I, d- I did this in, I'm not going to do it here now, but uh, this is Paul arguing from the greater to the lesser. Yeah. I, got, I got somebody to do a long jump in Swansea. I did it last week, actually. I had to do a long jump. I put a target and they had to jump out. Then I gave them a, an easy one. And I said, will he jump that? The answer is yes. Isn't it? So it, it's, it's arguing from the greater. If somebody can do the greater, he'll do the lesser. This, this is Romans 8. This, let me read you this. It says this. This is Paul arguing. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, that's the greater. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. It's with him. Graciously give us all things. That's freedom, provision, healness, righteousness, victory. When uh, the second thing, he, he saw it was in Christ and the cross. But secondly, he saw, Abraham saw beyond the natural. Now, let me tell you this. Abraham didn't care what choice Lot made. He didn't care. I, I, don't, I don't know about you. On a Friday, on a Friday, we meet together as a team. And we always have cakes. Brilliant. Danish pastries and cream cakes like that. And um, if, if I want, I mean, this is terrible. This is a very selfish game. But if I want a particular cake... I will position the plate round so I, can, so I position it. And sometimes they reach out and I move the plate round. You know. Have you ever done that? No. no. <laughs> yeah, you're godly, I know. I, um, but um, Abraham wasn't playing that trick with Lot. He, he gave Lot the choice. If Lot had made another choice... Abraham didn't mind because he saw beyond the land. If you look in Hebrews, he wasn't looking at the land. He said, it says, um, Abraham saw a city. He saw beyond the natural. He saw an inheritance beyond what was natural. That's why he saw his inheritance. uh, I'll tell you this. when, When... Abraham gave Lot the the choice. He didn't just see Canaan, he saw the world. He saw the world because God made him an inheritor of the world. He didn't just see, he didn't have any children. When when he said, your offspring will, will go like the dust of the earth, he saw beyond Isaac or any future children, he saw you and me. That's what Abraham saw. He, he had a vision that was beyond the natural. He saw beyond his circumstances. I don't know, folks, 
I don't know what circumstances you are facing right now. But what he, if once you see what God's doing and you see beyond the natural, you'll see beyond your circumstances. Because God is preparing you for something that's far bigger than your life now. Do you know, do you know anything that is real can't be seen? It can't be seen. Everything that is real and eternal cannot be seen. Everything you see in this life is temporal. The Bible says it. So it is crucial to be able to see um, the, the supernatural and the natural. Let me read you this. Um, 2 Corinthians 4. I'm so excited. It says this. Therefore, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, some of us quicker than others, but yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal Glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. When, um, when, I, when I first got married, my... Um, what, no, before I got married... I was sports mad. In fact, I was, I was football mad. I, when, when I was a young, a growing up, I was just sports mad, football mad. I still, I'm a Radio 5 man, so I have to admit it. It's, I just got Radio 5 on. Um, but I loved, I, I kicked a football around. I, when, even when I went shopping, I used to kick, kick this tennis ball with me. And, um, I, and I, was, I was just bonkers on. So I never did any other boyish things. It was just sport. That's all I did. Um, when I got married, I, I, I got married and I was bequeathed a son immediately. I, because my wife, Leslie, had a little boy called Ben. And uh, I used to, I used to, when he was young, I used to take him for walks. And I, I, I can't, you won't believe this, but he opened my eyes. I, I can't believe it. He would, he would see fish in, in rivers. I, I've never seen fish. It's true, I've never seen it. He would, he would look, um, and we'd dis- I would see fish for the first time in rivers. You know, they were swimming in there. I'd never seen it before. He would show me insects and birds and things like that. I've never seen these things. It's true. I was just like that. And um, my, my precious son introduced me to a whole new world. Because I went walking with him. I, I'm saying, if you walk with the Holy Spirit, walk with the Holy Spirit, and he will open your eyes to unseen things. He will show you the hearts of people. He will unveil to you truth that you've never seen before. So much so, I, I, I'm, this is... This is true. Sometimes when I'm in my office, I have to dance. <laughs> because I've seen something. Oh, it's the most glorious thing, is to see truth. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's like, I, I, the only way I can describe it is an inward explosion. <laughs> and suddenly, your whole life is transformed. By seeing Christ and what he's won for you. Folks, uh, let me say this to you. Ask the Holy Spirit (coughs) to open your eyes. And open the eyes of the church to see beyond everything. Do you know, uh, let me me say, material things will rust and go away. They are nothing. Why do we put so... One of the richest men in the world died, and they asked his accountant, they said, how much did he leave? And he said, all of it. 
<laughs> you can't take it with you. But eternal things you can. I am telling you something that will guarantee your future in eternity. Let God show you eternal things. And let him show you a different world. Because there is a world out, there is a world here that we need to see. And it's, it's, it's right here. It's right here. <coughs> Lastly, he saw beyond his own limitations. Uh, I, I've got to say this. I, God's purposes are bigger for you than you think. We had a guy called... Um, Oh, what's his name? There was a guy who came and preached. He was a, one of the faith teachers, and Andrew, Andrew Womack. Uh, no, it wasn't Andrew Womack. It wasn't. Sorry. It was a prophetic man by a guy called Clem Ferris. And uh, he came uh, to our church. And the only way I could describe him was he was a prophetic machine. <laughs> you know, he prophesied over everything. I'm, I'm sure if I'd have introduced him to our dog, he'd have prophesied over our dog. <laughs> he prophesied over everything. And, and, and he prophesied incredible things. And it, it unsettled me a bit. I thought, I, why is God prophesying incredible things over everybody? So I, 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 I got a chance to drive with him. And I said, I said Andrew, he said, I said, Every person you prophesy over, you prophesy incredible things. And do you know what he said to me? He said, God's purpose for every person is incredible. And I I felt humbled. And I say this to you. There is no also rans here. There's none. Every one of you, God has got incredible purposes for you. All he needs you to do is lift your eyes up and see what he's got for you. And, and I tell you, I tell you, your life could touch many, many people, countless people. Yeah. And you say, oh, but I've spent most of my life. I've, do you know, he could do something in the latter part of your life that will open your eyes and touch thousands of people. Yeah. If you will only open your eyes. Look at Ananias. I don't know how old Ananias was. I don't know how old he was. Maybe he was nearing the end of his life. And then God gave him his calling. And he went to Paul and he opened Paul's eyes. And look what eyes Paul opened. Ananias, God's purposes for Ananias was incredible. I'm just just going to just say one more thing. I I love the story about Saul and Paul. It's fascinating um, that Saul had tunnel vision. Um, He he just saw, a bit like me and my football, but uh, Saul had tunnel vision. It was Israel. It was Israel. That was his vision. Uh, in fact, that was his understanding of salvation before he was saved. It wasn't personal, it was corporate. He, he lived and dreamed for the salvation of Israel. That was his shh, like that, Zionist. Anything else? And then God took his eyesight away, blinded him. God blinded him, took his physical eyesight away. That was a radical step that God took. Do you know, um, I'm saying this, God is so intent on you entering your inheritance that he will take radical steps. I, I believe even more so in our day now, 
God's purposes, and I believe for this church, are so great that he would do radical steps to get your eyesight right. With Saul, he took his eyesight away. And uh, Ananias came and prayed with him, and he gave him back his eyesight. But he gave back a spiritual eyesight. Suddenly, he saw the world. He didn't just see Israel. He saw the world. Let, Let me say this. Part of your inheritance is the world. That is your inheritance. Paul said, what is my reward when I get to heaven? So when he spoke to the Thessalonians, he said, what is my reward? Isn't it you? The people outside are your inheritance. Beautiful, isn't it? But sometimes, sometimes he has to touch us in a physical way so that he can get us right for him. I want, um, there was, I was saying to David, I, um, I, I, I don't think I've ever done this before, but I want to do this now. I just, uh, um, when you look in the Bible, uh, when God, uh, when God <coughs> anoints with the Holy Spirit, in, in the New Testament, it was mostly corporate. It was, I, as far as I, I that Saul was, Saul was anointed with the Holy Spirit on his own. But pretty well, nearly every other move of the Holy Spirit was corporate. It was on a group of people. And there, there was, I, I just felt to, to end with this. You know when Bartimaeus came to Jesus and Jesus was walking past him and uh, he cried out to Jesus. And I, I just want to say to you, cry out. Cry out to Jesus. Jesus went to him. He said, what do you want me to do? He says, I want my sight. I want my sight. And, do you know, uh, Jesus never refused. I, I, we were sharing last night. I looked through the scriptures. Jesus, whenever anybody came to him, genuinely, he never said no. I can't think of any time where he said no. He would challenge people, but he never said no. And I'm just saying, if, if you come to Jesus and say, I want to see, I want my spiritual eyes to be open, he will not turn you away. But, but what I feel, and, and this, this is the added dimension, I believe for you, there are some of you individually, God wants to open your eyes to see what he's got for you. But corporately, I believe he wants to open the eyes of this church. He wants you to see together. When you see together, something mighty will happen here. You will see extraordinary miracles if you are prepared to see together. And, and so I, I, just, I just want to pray for you. I, just, I want to pray corporately that the Holy Spirit would do a sword on you and make you a Paul and open your eyes to inheritance and to the world because he has given you boundless land around here. And I know you're doing a good job already. I know that. Going everywhere. I mean, the poor preachers that come here. I, I, I hate to think what will happen in a year's time. David was, he'd be inviting visiting speakers saying, well, we've just got six churches for you to go and visit. <laughs> but it's boundless, isn't it? It's boundless what he's got for you. So can I just ask you to stand in God's presence? Can we just raise our hands to God? No, I just, I, I'm, I'm part of this as well. I just, I just want God to open my eyes in even greater measure. Lord, we come to you, the King of Kings, who never refuses anybody. And we come to you and ask you to purify us. We ask you to change the way we see. And Lord, I pray that you'll anoint us. And, and that you'll come as the Holy Spirit 
and open our spiritual eyes and let us see the land you've given us. Let us see the offspring and the descendants that we're going to have forever. We marvel at you, Lord, and we pray that you will bring this church into a corporate understanding of of the calling of God that's upon them. And I cry out that you'll do extraordinary things here. I pray that they will see extraordinary miracles. They'll see people saved in huge numbers, that healing and deliverance. I I pray that people will walk through the doors and get healed and delivered without anybody touching them. I pray for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit on this church. We just declare one thing, that we will preach you and we'll preach the cross. For you paid the price for us. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harbour. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you. Thank you.